On today's show, we'll talk fantasy all-stars of the first half of 2023, along with the strategy for where you might find pockets of profit heading into next season. We'll also do our usual waiver wire, pitcher preview, and injury segments too. The second half of baseball season is coming up, but first, Beat the Shift is next. And welcome to another episode of the Beat the Shift podcast. I am your host, Ariel Cohen, and with me as always is Ruben Guy. How are you, Ruben? I'm doing great. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Got a little bit of pickleball in. Played with uh, Frankie Stample, a uh, buddy of ours uh, over at CBS. Uh, uh, we played uh, out in the Queens College, my old uh, my old uh, college. Uh, I used to teach there. We used to go there and uh, right in between us. So we had a great time. Very windy. Every ball just flew. But uh, it was great. Well, what's going on with you, Ruben? Not much. Um, I know we haven't been on the air for a while, but... I did have a trivia contest with the New York Mets a couple weeks ago, and I actually came in second place. So it just goes to show that I do know my trivia, even though it was about the Mets. I do know my trivia. Not bad, and we will be having some of the Injury Gurus trivia later today. But I'd like to bring on our guest. You might know him from SiriusXM and others, Dr. Roto. What's up, Doc? What's up, guys? I love that uh, intro music. It was very uh, calming, and um, I'm ready to go. Oh, yes. We... We've gotten so many compliments from from fans and listeners, and you know when, when we did the uh, the live show out in Arizona, people were literally coming into the into the room to hear us singing. Da 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 dum. They were humming it on them. It was really cool. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, let's get right into it. Uh, it's our All Star Extravaganza. It's uh, the All Star break, and we figured we would take stock, taking stock of what worked, what didn't work in terms of the fantasy all-stars. And we'll talk about what we think are the MVPs for your fantasy squad so far with strategy, as always, along the way to see what worked and what didn't and what might work in the future. So let's get right down to it. And uh, let's start with you, uh, Doc. Um, who are your fantasy MVP hitters for this year? And just just to open up the floor um, it could be in any context. It could be best players. It could be by value, by position, uh, whatever format you choose. I'll probably be talking most about rotisserie, uh, but whatever you like, the floor is open for you. You know, it's funny. I was just talking about this earlier tonight with a good friend of mine. And if we're talking about, are we talking about my specific teams, like of all the leagues that I'm in? I mean, it could be any, um, you know, whatever you think is applicable to uh, the listeners. Well, okay. So, look, in terms of who are the best players, obviously Otani. I mean, we've never seen anything like him before. Obviously, Ronald Acuna, who could probably go, what, 40 home runs and 60 RBIs. For me, on one of my teams, I'm actually in first place currently in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational. I mean, I don't think I'm going to end in first, but I'm pretty happy to be there at the All-Star break. We were talking about, I was talking with my friend about Randy Arozarena. Like, this is a guy that I didn't even think I wanted to take at the end of round two. And now, when you look at what he does... He's better than Kyle Tucker, who people were taking at number seven overall. So it's funny that I think that you can be a great team in fantasy baseball, depending on your roster construction. I don't have a Tani in any league. I don't have a Cunha in any league. But if you do have the right guys, you can still be great. Yeah. A Rose Arena was someone that 
we knew was of this talent, the power speed blend. And when you're doing rotisserie and you need to take someone in the first couple of rounds, it's important to take somebody who fills out all the categories, right? Because when when you're going through your draft, you want to be able and you want to have the most flexibility as you go on. Like if you take just a power guy, well, the next the next pick you might have to lean steals, right? You're not going just purely for value. You're going for the categories you need because it's an aggregate team in Roto. But if you take somebody who does a little bit of everything, that gives you more of a pick, more of a flexibility. You can say, you know what? I'm just going to take the best available player. If it's a little bit more steals, a little bit more power, a little bit more average, doesn't matter. So that's why Rosarina was a fantastic pick. Um, you know what? Before we go to Ruvain, let's just go to him for the Injury Gurus Trivia of the Week. It's a little earlier than usual to the trivia of the week, but it has to do with my fantasy all-stars for this year. And my question is this. There were a few players who were had an ADP during draft season that was over 300 and are now in the top 50 in a 5x5 five five worth it in, in, a, in a fantasy league. Who are the players who, are, who had an ADP over 300 and are in the top 50 in a 5x5 five five league? There were a total of four. You, you, you first, first, Doc. Oh, and I was just saying, do you want to go first? I, I'll throw out Lane Thomas. Lane Thomas, yes. Yeah. Lane Thomas, um, He was his ADP was 311 during draft season, so that's one of them. Is Luis Araz one? No, he was not. He was drafted higher. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mitch Keller? Mitch Keller, yes. Mitch Keller, was his ADP was 390 during draft season. He's now ranked in a 5x5 five five, number 49. How about Tyler Wells? Nope, didn't make oh, it. You're killing me. Jorge Soler? Nope. <laughs> Strike one. I'll give you I'll give you a hint. One of them is on the Reds. Spencer Steer. Yes. Spencer Steer. His ADP was four sixty eight. And right now he's ranked forty seventh. Tyler Wells was really not was really nope. before three hundred? Yes. Really? Wow. Was he no, on no, anybody's no, radar? He, he didn't he's not in the top. He he's not in the top fifty oh, in, okay. in five by five right now. He oh, he, okay. he was oh, he was drafted in that spot, but not in the top fifty. Got it. And the other one is on the Rays. Yande Diaz? No, he was no, drafted. It's gonna higher. be Josh Lowe. It is Josh Lowe. That's oh, the last one. You. Josh Lowe, his ADP was five fifty nine during draft season. So it just goes to show that the MVPs of, of most players' teams, if, if you drafted two of these guys and you took the, 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 just a waiver on these guys, your team is doing very well. Um, I think those are the, my main fantasy MVPs. If you have them on your team, God bless you because you, 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 you got these guys and you got very lucky. But another guy I wanted to mention is Adolis Garcia. I mean, his ADP was in the mid-50s, and now he's like in the top 10 in a 5x5. Five five. I mean, he is... He, he, his batting average is what's helping him. He's got a lot, ton of runs. He's got, the, obviously, the huge power. And I think if you drafted him in the mid-50s, you got a, you got maybe a, a fourth-round player, and he's got first-round value. Yeah. There's a lot of different ways to look at what a fantasy MVP is. If you look at it from 
dollars of profit earned. Lane Thomas is the number one person. I mean, he was a. Uh, we do auction equivalents here on this show mostly. So uh, uh, for a two dollar auction equivalent ADP, we're talking a fifteen team mixed five by five in Roto. Um, he earned twenty eight dollars. That's a twenty six dollar profit. There was nobody who had more than a twenty six dollar profit in all of baseball. Um, then there is uh, Josh Young. Josh Young was a four dollar player. And he turned in $28 value for $24 profit. Josh Young is somebody that uh, he looks pretty legit. I mean, the, the batting average of 280, that probably won't continue. But the power is real. He's 18 homers. And the runs in RBIs, as long as the Rangers keep up that offensive powerhouse, uh, he's there. You know, the thing about, um, about rotisserie leagues is two out of the five categories are runs and RBIs. And as long as you're on a productive team, and you're in a good lineup spot, you're going to ha- amass 40% of your categories just from that. Like Jonah Heim. Jonah Heim is tremendous because of the run production, and there's no reason to think it won't continue because the offense is incredible. Uh, one last person on the profit uh, to mention is Jorge Soler that I mentioned before. Uh, $23 player, just cost you $2. 23 homers so far. Uh, but we've seen him do this before. So Jorge Soler is somebody that... I mean, he's just legit, and uh, he put it all together, and he's not injured. Don't you think, though, some of the names that you mentioned were people that we 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 don't like for one reason or another, like Garcia? A lot of people in our industry, ah, I know the numbers are there, but I don't really like him. And Solera, same type of guy. Oh, I know he's got power, but I don't really like him. Do you think people worry about too much of guys they like or guys they want to stay away from and, st- and don't look at the sheer stats? Well, Adelise Garcia, the issue with him was that he had he was hot and cold. He had that tremendous first half of the season, and then it was a complete bust in the end. So the question is, which is real? You know, and you're doing straight regression. It shows you, well, he, he came down. We don't believe the top half. If you just look at his full season stats, well, then he's a middling guy. But obviously, after the first half of this season, we see that he's more, you know, it's, it's a, one of these things are not, are not like the other. Well, it looks like the slump in the second half. That was not like the other, and he's real. Uh, but, yeah, you know, I, he, he went pretty late in, in drafts. Or, or Sorry, he didn't go pretty late. He went later than he probably should have. Uh, but going forward, I mean, there's no reason to think he can't continue. All right? And it's also because his batting average was projected to be much lower. If you, if you project a lower batting average, I mean, he's batting 260 in the 260s right now. If he's a 240 hitter, he's not getting the same amount of runs. He's not getting the same amount of production because he's getting on base more. And the power has gone up. He's, you know, you, you never know when it's going to happen. You never know if this is a one-year wonder. His batting average may go back down to 240, and people may want to get him in the second, third round next year, and he'll be a seventh or eighth round value next year. It can happen. Yeah, but... Look at that team itself, though. Leody Tavares hitting, what, 290-something? Uh, Ezekiel Duran hitting over 300? I mean, this entire Rangers team has been on fire the first half. I mean, arguably, they look like the team, one of the teams to beat. Yeah. I mean, are, are you helped out? Uh, are the players on teams helped out? Like, you know, because it, it goes right for six of the players. It's going right for the other three players as well. Do you think that's the thing where maybe it's the hitting coach or maybe it's the ballpark or the team they face that are you more inclined to pick a player on a good team if everybody else is overperforming? Without question, because I think when te- when teams are going well, people want to be part of that. They don't want to be the one guy who's not hitting, right? They want to get on. They, it's, a, it's a confidence, right? A team gets confidence, and I think the Rangers are a very confident team. How about their pitching, too? 
I mean, Nathan Eovaldi, could we argue he's not been one of the best pitchers in all of baseball? Forget just the American League. So, And Dane Dunning has been really terrific in the first half. So I think that you, you get that vibe. You get the feeling. The fans come out. People are cheering. And you start playing just a little bit better. It's almost like the, the, the inverse. When teams go bad, doesn't everything seem to be going wrong? So I do believe in that. Yeah. Can you imagine what the Rangers would be if they had Jacob DeGrom? Oh. I mean that's just uh that's just a t- the team to beat I think. Yes. Uh, do, do you think they're going to hold off Houston or do you think that uh, they're going to slide? So you're asking me or Ruvain? Uh, anybody? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think they're going to stay because I think they're going to pick up a guy or two. Ruvain, what do you think? Do you think they'd do something at the trade deadline? I, I think they're going to get a bullpen piece. I, I think that that's that's one thing one uh, area where they need a little more uh, support. And I'm not saying that they had bullpen has been bad, but but. Everyone's looking for bullpen help at the at the trade deadline, especially a team that's in first place. And I don't think Houston has enough as they normally do. The last couple of years, they had the Justin Verlander. They had a better rotation. They have a lot of they're dealing with a lot of injuries this year. So I don't think that the Rangers are going to be caught. But that doesn't mean that they're going to be. Um, uh, I don't think that they're a. Cont- I, I think they're a major contender. But I I think the AL East is the division to beat, and I think those teams ha- have more. Um, intangibles have more. Um, I, I wouldn't say star power, but young power. And I think those. I think the, the Rays, the the Orioles, and I think the Blue Jays are all teams that are, have. I think have a, a step up because they do have a little bit more experienced um, starting pitching. They have a little bit more experienced uh, starters because this is this is the first time the Rangers have been good in a long time. So yes, they've been doing well, but when it gets to the playoffs, it's a whole different ball game. And, and I agree. By the way, I think the Rangers are. They're, you're not going to see them trade for that big bat. I think that there's not too many holes, uh, and anybody can use a bullpen arm always. So I think you will see that. Uh, I do want to point out there are five players who uh, were in the top 60 of ADP, so over $20 auction value, who earned more than they're bought. So if, if you're picking in the top four rounds, you're actually content with – uh, not a loss, but you're content with a player returning 75% of his value, right? If you if you pay $25 in an auction and the guy turns to $20, you're, you're fine with that, right? You just want to amass enough of uh, – you want to bank enough stats there. But there's sometimes you go above and beyond. Um, f- we're talking about uh, <laughs> Ronald Acuna. Oh, my God, way over his value. He's turning in a $60 season – and you still had to pay the top value. Uh, you can also think of fantasy MVPs that way. How about Freddie Freeman? Before the season started, I mean, you all, you guys all heard this. I kept telling everybody Freddie Freeman should be a top five pick. Well, he's not. Doesn't have upside. Well, he doesn't have the steals. Any complaints that that anybody said, I think, just didn't work. Freddie Freeman was the number three guy in all fantasy last year. He's the number three guy right now in all of fantasy. Doesn't steal. He has more stolen bases than John Birdie. He's on pace for 20 steals. Freddie Freeman is the real deal. And if you want to talk about fantasy stars, I think the fantasy guys who earn more than what they even were paid for really works. Take a guy like Ozzy Albies. He's on that great Braves lineup. I mean, he used to be a second-round player. He slid because of injury, because of this. Right there. He's a fantasy MVP as well. I'll throw in one more. How about Mookie Betts? Mookie Betts is just so consistent. Consistency in that first round really, really helps. So I think Betts is another fantasy MVP. You know, it's funny. In Tout Wars, I'm in the the mixed draft. 
I got Freddie Freeman, I think it picked 12 or 13. I can't remember. Whatever I was picking, it was 12 or 13. I couldn't believe he was there, especially in OBP league. But for some reason, and I don't know whether it's every fantasy baseball player or just people in the industry, we, all of a sudden, one thing goes around. Uh, he doesn't steal, and then people you know, run away. Or maybe he doesn't have the power, and, and people run away. And I, it always shocks me that people forget that y- what you just said, being consistent in baseball is literally the most important thing. That you could etch in 30 home runs and 100 RBIs and hitting 320. Isn't that what you're looking for, yeah. for the most part? All you want to do in the first round or two is bank stats. Just tell me who's the most likely to achieve that stat with the least amount of injury risk and the least amount of underperformance risk, and that's it. And Freddie Freeman is a top-five player no matter what because of that risk. He just does the same thing every single year, year after year, and he's not a zero in any category, and that's the reason. I'll throw a couple more in terms of this. Uh, Yandy Diaz, largest um, uh, value earned per dollar spent. By the way, ATC projected Yandy Diaz as the biggest bargain preseason. Sure enough, he is. Have a Justin Turner. Year after year, that guy earns value per dollar. Everyone says, well, he gets injured. Well, he doesn't hit enough of it. That guy just turns value, value, value. We mentioned Josh Young. Jake Fraley, another guy who earned per dollar. And two more, Austin Hayes and TJ Friedel. TJ Friedel has been amazing. Five-category guy, plays on a really good team now, leads off a lot. That, to me, rounds out the fantasy MVPs. Anybody want to add anything, uh, and then we'll go to pitchers. Yeah, I, I wanted to add one guy that you didn't mention. That's You were talking about consistency, and, and I don't know where he's going to be drafted next year because he has just been very inconsistent. That's Kristen Yelich. I mean, look what he's done so far. He's got 21 stolen bases. He's batting 284. He's got 11 home runs. Uh, he's he's been a fantasy god this year, but what are you going to get out of him next year? I mean, he's he's a guy. He's got a chronic back issue. You never know when it's going to when it's going to come back. And is he going to be a a second round player next year? Is, are you are you willing to draft Kristen Yelich in the second or third or even fourth round next year? Probably not. Uh, I fear injury with him. Uh, I I don't want to take over injured guys. I'd rather almost draft a guy like Jonathan India who is hugely profitable this year, and I think that his injuries might be behind him. Aaron, I wanted to ask you about, you mentioned Yandy Diaz and that the ATC projections had him high. How did you have that one? I mean, I always liked that he could hit righties, but I didn't see where he was going to make this leap. What did you see that that we all didn't? Well, I think that aside from the power, I think everything was there with him. Uh, the on-base percentage, the batting average, the run score ability on a fantastic team, the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, so everything really was there, nothing to question. The only thing was the power. But you can see that the Rays are doing a launch angle consistency here, uh, launch angle improvement, an elevation, uh, and they're getting the guys to hit. And we knew that all Yandy Diaz was, instead of having a 17-homer season, if he just lifted the ball and hit 20-something homers, he would just be a monster and not get hurt, of course. Uh, and we've seen that happen. And ju- all the projections were were showing, yup, he's going to show that uptick of power. He'd been a little bit unlucky before, and everything else was there, and he's going to put it all together. And sure enough, the projections were right. So uh, win one for the projections there. 
he's also a specimen. If you ever seen him, his biceps are. I mean, he's he's one of the guys that came to spring training a couple of years ago, and you thought he was gonna hit twenty home runs. Except a couple of years ago, his launch angle was just so bad. I think it was in in twenty twenty. His launch angle was actually minus seven point nine. He was so bad. Then it went to six point six. Then up to seven point seven. This year, it's leveled out a little bit at five point three. But he's hitting the whole, he's hitting the ball so much harder and with so much more authority that I think that's what put him off over the top. I think he's also the leadoff hitter. Yes. How can you not yes. want the, you know, preseason, how can you not want the leadoff hitter on the Rays? The Rays are a perennial good team. So he, he bats lead. He's not the t- prototypical leadoff hitter, but he's also not the Kyle Schwarber leadoff hitter. He gets on base. Anytime you've got a leadoff hitter on a good team or a team that's in contention, that's it. Take a like Mickey Moniak we've been talking about. He's leading off. I mean, Trout's hurt, sure, but <laughs> leading off in front of Trout and Otani. Mickey Moniak, fantastic guy that you want you want on your team. All right, let's do some pitchers. Uh, so, uh, Doc, who are your fantasy MVP pitchers so far, first half 2023? I think two guys who come to mind. Uh, one is Felix Batista. I think that this kid is just enormous. I mean, look at the numbers. When we're, everybody's dying for a closer, what does he have 84 strikeouts in like 40 innings or something ridiculous like that? I mean, striking out two guys in an inning. And he, I think he has been part of what's made Baltimore great, not only their hitting, but knowing he's there at the back end to close out those games. Because when young teams lose games in the ninth inning, it deflates that team. Between him and Cano, I mean, solid as a rock. And I also feel like Framber Valdez, in a time where people don't pitch 200 innings, what does he have, like 111 innings or something like that with over 110 strikeouts? I mean, I, my numbers may be slightly off, but that, that he's, he's on a pace to do what most guys in this league can't do anymore. That's how good he's been. Yeah, the innings and innings and innings. Uh, Framber, Vandel, Framber Valdez went way later than he should have in a lot of leagues. His variance of where he went in uh, in leagues was way over, way all, all over the place, right? Uh, I, I got him in TGFBI, I think, in round six, and that was, oh, my God, I can't believe he's available. Uh, absolutely. Uh, and I definitely agree with you with Batista. Uh, we have him in the NFBC uh, auction, and I think we're currently in third. Um, he's just been in solid rock, and in a le- year where – saves who knows there's committees to have that rock there go time after time i mean here's the thing you knew he was going to be the guy they've got his walk-up music anybody who's got <laughs> right no but you know i know you're laughing it's and silly the sta- but and the stadium lights also they flash if, the stadium if if lights. you've got a guy that has a special song or or lights or whatever they're not going to demote him to the seventh inning they're not going to say you know what we're going to mix and match. We'll put Bautista in the seventh. They're not going to do that, right? It's part of the attraction. Edwin Diaz with the trumpets is not coming in for the sixth inning. Let's sound the trumpets. Here's the sixth inning guy. It's not happening. So as silly as it sounds, more importantly than anything you read is is there walk-up music. It, it's just, it, it just mind-boggling, but that's really the soft information that you need. All right, Ruvain, how about you? Who's a, a fantasy MVP for pitcher for you? Well, I mentioned Mitch Keller already. I mean, no one thought to really pick any major pirate pitchers except for maybe Rosnick uh, Contreras, who didn't actually work out. But Mitch Keller has been very, very good. He's pitched almost 120 innings with an ERA of 3-3 and a whip of 1.12. That's a great amount. It's an it's an ERA and whip stabilizer. That's great. And then I don't think I think very few people saw that coming. Another guy, Logan Webb. Logan Webb before the season said he wanted to pitch 200 innings. 
And you know what? He's at 126 right now. It's, it's one of the top levels of, of innings so far for this year. And he's also 3.14, 1.11. You get that amount of innings with those ratios, that, that can only be good. And one other guy I wanted to mention who, again, it's it's the Rays. I, I don't know where they found him. I don't know where they, what they saw in him, but Zach Eflin. Zach Eflin, I mean, yes, the Phillies' Zach Eflin. He's thrown 102 innings. His whip is .99. I mean, I mean, the Phillies knew what they had, right? But I mean, the the Rays, when the team, when when you see an organization that knows how to pick these guys, you have to start to wonder: Do you even want to trade with this team anymore because they're just going to exploit you? Yeah, I mean, when he signed that, and the Rays don't give out a lot of money to a lot of people. I, I can't believe that I didn't think about it more and saying, wait a minute, why are the Tampa Bay Rays giving that guy? Hmm, maybe I should throw a couple of bucks in and take a couple of shares. I, I'm guilty. I, I did not do that, but that would have been absolutely the right spot. He was the second highest pitcher profit uh, per dollar spent uh, this year. Only Nate Ovaldi, who we've mentioned before, is the number one. Keller is three. Tyler Wells uh, was four. He was not taken in every league, only in some 15-team leagues. The next three, by the way, on the list, Marcus Stroman, Justin Steele, Merrill Kelly, about 18 to $20. It's, it's so funny you said that, though. I made sure to draft Eflin and Aaron nice. Savali in every league. Nice. And I live down in southwest Florida, right? So I see what the Rays do. You think the Cardinals don't want a Rosarina back? I mean, yeah. they, they, and Adelise, Adelise yeah. also, both yeah. of them, yeah, both. And then how about this kid, Robert Stevenson? Don't laugh about Robert Stevenson, but you remember when he was this great pitching prospect for the Reds, and he bounced all over the place. When the Rays get you, they 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 the Ray, the Rays know way more than any other team. I don't know how they do it, but anybody they trade for always seems to excel. And if they don't, they get rid of them right away. Yeah. Um, in terms of t- uh, top t- 60 ADP, $20 players or more, only two players earn more than what they cost on the pitching side. That's Spencer Strider and Kevin Gaussman. Those were the ace locks. But there weren't too many. Uh, I mean, a lot of them held their value or lost you know, 25% of their value. Those are the only two who gained. Uh, I'll talk about that in a second. But just to also mention, on a percentage basis, so return on investment basis, uh, the top uh, couple of pitchers are Craig Kimbrell, $16 player, went for just two. We own him in the NFBC auction. Jose Berrios, back to where he was, $18 player. You can buy him for three. John Gray, $11 player. Uh, and Pablo Lopez, $17 player. So what I do want to touch on, though, is you know the we've almost gone back about six, seven years. We've turned back the clock, back to when it was, you know, you shouldn't really overdraft pitchers or you shouldn't draft pitchers at the top of your draft because they're so much more variable. They don't always work. The last couple of years, it was, oh, yeah, you draft Garrett Cole, he's a sure thing. You draft Corbin Burns, he's a sure thing. You draft Scherzer, he's a sure thing. Just load up on the pitching early. But we've gone back to those days where it actually is profitable, where the hit rate is so good now, is somewhere in the $8 to $13 range. We're talking Logan Gilbert, Blake Snell, Logan Webb, even Clayton Kershaw in that range, Joe Ryan, Giolito, Lazardo, Charlie Morton, Jordan Montgomery. We mentioned uh, uh, Lopez. I mean, there's not that many busts in that range. The only busts I see are Hunter Green, Lodolo, Sale, Kyle Wright. Um, 
you know, if, if we're talking like 70% of the players drafted in that range were hit. So if you're planning, if you're planning where to put your money, I don't think that we're in this stage anymore where you got to get that ace. I think you need to go quantity and the quantity is in that low is the high single digits, low teens. That's really where you need to throw three darts because the hit rate is so much better than up top. It just costs you too much, and the hit rate is getting worse. We've turned the tables in the last since the last uh, five years. Let me ask you a question, guys. I'm sorry to interrupt, Ruben. Go ahead. I'm looking at the uh, NFBC ADP right now, and from June 1st till today, how many pitchers do you think are there in the first two rounds? Might be more, only because it's a half season worth, but it's going to be lower than it was to start the year. I'm guessing. Four: Strider, Cole, Gossman, McClanahan. That makes sense. Yes, it does. Yeah. And and those pitchers you said who haven't been hitting the, in, in that tier, a lot of them haven't been hitting because of injury. Lodolo's hurt, Sales hurt, Hunter Green's hurt. All those guys are injured, so it's not like you don't. I mean, some of them weren't performing that great to begin with, but. They had some kind of underlying injury, and they're out. So, you know, it's not saying that those pitchers are busts, but the the, the idea of, of picking those guys, you have to, I mean, every pitcher, I mean, one out of two players, one out of two pitchers get hurt during the course of the season. So you just have to pick the right ones, and sometimes there is some luck that plays into it. Let's do um, waiver wire pickup of the year. What's your vote, Doc? Oh, well, besides Ellie De La Cruz? <laughs> yeah, Ellie Dela Cruz is could could be there. He was expensive, but so far really well worth it. How about what about Yuri Perez? This was one that we talked about on air. I mean, every single show on Sirius XM talked about him. I think he was way better than advertised. I mean, really that I expected him to be good, but not this good. And you know, we were just talking about pitchers. If you can't find guys who stay healthy or consistent you got to pick up guys during the season to help you win. I think if you picked him up so far, you got to be ecstatic. Oh, absolutely. Braxton Garrett, also on the same team, has been phenomenal. Another another good one. Uh, Michael Waka was a, was a good pick just for, you know, first, second week of the season. What the heck? How about Jack Sawinski? He is, I was going to mention him. Yeah. yeah I was going to mention him also. His Uber power. Yeah, and, and, he, and he's playing every day. That's the problem. He didn't play every day last year. He's getting some actual playing time, and that's helped him. Luke Rowley. Luke Rowley has done power and speed. You mentioned Dane Dunning. I'll give you two more. Bryce Elder. That was a very early pick. He's been, you know, top of the board in ERA and on a great team. And how about J.D. Davis? What were the Mets thinking by yeah. trading him? They wanted a better power hitter, so they traded him away for Darren Ruff, who was DFA'd and went back to the Giants briefly. I mean, that was just... I mean, I, I could have told... That's a terrible trade when you say it like that. That really may be one of the worst trades the Mets have ever made. Is that as bad as the Juan Samuel trade? Um, um, no. 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 That's still pretty bad. Nolan Ryan trade, I think, was, was worse for Jim Fergus. Tom Seaver trade? I mean, yeah. You, you, I mean, yeah. Daryl Strawberry at his peak in the middle of the... I remember that trade. In the middle of the night, yeah, they, trade him to the, they trade him to the Dodgers. I, I'm like, oh, really? Yeah. yeah. That was bad. Uh, who's a player, uh, Doc? Uh, let's do very quickly. Uh, buy low, sell high. So uh, who's a player? Let's do buy low. Who's a player you're buying low on right now? I've got two guys. So let's do a pitcher and a hitter. Obviously for pitching, I think I'm going to go back to our friend the Rays here, Tyler Glasnow. I mean, okay. how good is he when he's, when he's on? He's a second-round type of talent to me. 
So I think that people may look at his ERA and not look at his his ability. So I'm in on him. And I think another one, if you need power and everybody seems to, how about Willie Adamas? In the last couple of weeks, he's hit four home runs, 12 RBIs. I know the batting average is low, but maybe he's starting to get hot. And maybe there's there's 15 home runs in that bat in the second half. Ruben, how about you? I actually have two hitters. Uh, one of them is Joey Manessis. His batting average is there. His power wasn't there until last week. He had, I think, three or four home runs last week, and his ADP was really inflated because of what he did in, in, in the World Baseball Classic, and people thought, oh, he hasn't hit a lot of home runs, and then he got dropped, he got, you know, was at the bottom of the bench, but he's been so consistent, and if you can find that home runs, that home run string and keep it from, from last week and keep it going, he's a, he's a guy who can actually hit 15 or, or 10, 10, let's say 10 home runs in a month because he's done it before. We've seen it happen already. And another guy is Jake McCarthy. Since being called up on May 26, he's raised his batting average from 143 to 246. He's sort of figured it out. He's getting a little bit more playing time. And if he needs stolen bases, he's a guy you could trade and, and buy low on and you can get those stolen bases. I mean, it's a guy that we picked up quite a, quite a bit uh, in the draft season, and then cut him almost everywhere. So we definitely played. We definitely played Jake McCarthy wrong this year. I'll I'll, I'll do three quick guys. Uh, Jake Cronenworth. I think he's much better than this, and they consistently play him at first base. Uh, Max Muncy. He's getting killed on the BABIP. I think he'll be better. And if you need power, if you can swing this in a trade, Pete Alonso. I mean, Pete Alonso is hurt. I mean, he he hurt himself, and that type of injury usually takes like. I mean, you tell me, Ruben, but like four to six weeks. Yeah, he came. He came, he came back too quick. He came back way too quick. Yeah, I mean that home run derby was really embarrassing for him. Uh, I think he's just legitimate hurt, uh, but he's going to improve. So if you somehow can swing him and swap two for two players, throw him in the mix. How about a sell high guy, Doc? Hmm. What about? Uh, I got a couple. And, and is it terrible to say Lane Thomas? I think, you know, if I was playing in a keeper league, this is the type time of a year you call everybody in the league and you ask for like three players for him. So he seems to be yeah. one that's an obvious one. How about Eduardo Rodriguez? I mean, you think he's finishing up the year with a 2.6 ERA? Um, the thing, though, about Eduardo Rodriguez is I think he's going to be traded and I, 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 I can see him going to the Dodgers. Like the Dodgers, mm. I think, are going to import a pitcher. I, I can guarantee you they're going to import somebody, and that would be a good fit. And if he went to the Dodgers, now he got wins. So there's regression in him, but he might make it up if he gets traded. to. A good what about spot. Nathan Eovaldi? Would you trade him on a high right now? If you can get, if you can get it, yeah. No, I, I wouldn't because for him. I, I wouldn't get it anyway because he's always been a strikeout guy. It's the earring, it's the earring whip that we always were concerned about. If he's figured that out, you know, you're still getting those strikeouts even if, he, even if he regresses a little bit. Get wins also on a good team. I, I mean, that, that's a question of whether you can get somebody for him. But I wouldn't just just I, I wouldn't just bake all the regression because he's still going to help you in wins, and wins is a fickle category. Um, how about how about Luis Arias? There's no, he, there's no higher value you're going to ever get than now, right? Right. What's the chances that he hits 400? Zero? Just no, asking. Maybe, What's the yeah. chance? 15% maybe because he, that means he has, he goes one for three. His batting average goes down. Yeah. I mean, you have to, it, it doesn't make – it's like 350 though. 350? That, that's a possibility. Yeah. yeah. Easy. I think that's, I, I think that's an, an easy one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what about what about Starling Marte or Justin Turner? Both of those guys, Justin Turner's 
older. He's more prone to injury. His value is not going to get much higher than it is now. You can probably get more for him now. And Starling Marte, he just doesn't look right. He's he's just going up there guessing. And I, I think both of those guys are actually possible possibilities to get traded. I mean, not, not as much Justin Turner, but Marte. He's in the last year of his contract. There's a possibility he'll get traded. It's possible. And also, don't forget about trying to trade those relievers if you can, like a Carlos Estevez or a David Robertson. I don't think either of those guys are going to end up on the team they're currently on. And if they get traded, you got to get the value out of them now. Would you, rest of season, not in Dynasty, what about selling high on Corbin Carroll? The only reason I say that is that shoulder injury, and you can tell me, Ruven, if you think, that just looks very risky. And if I had him, I might say, you know what? He's, this is a first-round talent, but I just don't want to take on that risk that his shoulder breaks, so I'll trade him for a uh, low first-round, high second-round talent. Did you have that concern, Ruven? Um, a little bit. I, I actually saw the injury when he, when he swung. It did not look good. He was holding his arm like it popped out of place, so which is which is a subluxation. It's very possible that this is going to be a recurring thing. This could be a, I mean, I don't want to say it, but a uh, Fernando Tatis possible situation where he probably can play through it, and he's probably learning how to play through it, and he probably has to tone down his swing a little bit to, to avoid the issue, but he may end up needing surgery again on that shoulder, just the way he was holding it, just the way how he, how that, that swing is so violent, and he, he, he helicopters at the, the bat. I, it, it doesn't look good the way he swings. Are, are you selling high, Doc, on, on Carroll? I am for this year, but like you said, not in Dynasty. Right. In Dynasty, I'm right. not sure there's anybody I want more than Carroll. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not the talent we're in question. It's just rest of season, is he going to be healthy, you know? Right. right. I, you know, look, I, I think the answer to that is it, it's not going to be 100%. So maybe it's, let's just call it 80 to be generous. I still think, look, if you're trying to win, this is the kind of guy that can, that you, has high, high trade value. And that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to, like, it's, it's the stock market. Buy low, sell high. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, if you're in first, second place, you need to bank stats. So if you can get another similarly valued player with less risk, just do it because you need to bank the stats. If, if you're counting on him and he goes poof, well, what happens to your chances? You don't want that. You don't want to take risks, right? Uh, but, of course, if you're, in, you know, if you're in eighth place, don't trade Corbin Carroll because the only way you can get somewhere is if you get that outsized production from him, right? Then I would I'd buy Corbin Carroll if you're in eighth place. Is, is a fair trade, like similar players, Corbin Carroll for like a Cedric Mullins? Is that a fair trade? Probably low. That's, that's low. For, for rest of, I, for I'd rest want of the season? I'd want a little more, wouldn't you? Wouldn't yeah, you want more? I'd if want you more. got that trade offer, would you click the button? No, I would probably say give me a, give me a throw-in upgrade. Get a, get a, get a, get a another like low, low pitcher type, like a third number three starter or something. Yeah, I would ask for that. Okay. Good stuff. Well, Dr. Roto, thank you so much for, for joining the show. Really appreciate it. Anything you want to uh, promote to uh, our audience here? Well, I w thank you for the opportunity. Love being here talking baseball. You're one of my favorite guests on Sirius. You know that. And Ruben, you're a pretty good guy, too. Yeah, thanks so much thanks. for having me uh, on, your, on your show on, on uh, Sunday mornings. Really appreciate it. And we are basically uh, we're revamping the entire site. So basically, if you want to call it Dr. Roto 2.0, we'll be out this weekend just in time for uh, fantasy football season. So very excited. A lot of great matchup pages, great stuff for baseball, great stuff for basketball. So it's uh, this is our busiest time of the year. You've got uh, baseball in, halfway through, and then you've got football starting. So it doesn't get any better than this for our industry. Yep, absolutely. Check that out uh, in the next week. And thank you so much, Dr. Roto, for coming on the show. And uh, we'll take a quick break, and we'll be back with Waiver Wire, Injury Report, and Pitcher Preview. 
All right, we're back, uh, Ruvain and I, and uh, let's jump right into the waiver wire. Ruvain, who is somebody that you would want to pick up this coming week? Okay, well, I got two pitchers, one reliever and one starter. I'm going to start with Joel Payampas, who's only 14% owned in CBS. Me and you, we actually saw him live when the Mets played the Brewers, and he was setting up for Devin Williams. He looked good. His stuff looked electric. Um, he can vulture saves away from Devin Williams if, if, if he has to rest. Um, he can get some wins as well. I know a couple weeks, I think two weeks ago, he had one win and one save in the same week. That's great for a middle reliever. Um, he's got a 1.91 ERA and a .97 whip with 47 strikeouts and 42 innings. If you need a middle relief guy, he's a guy that you can definitely look at. You can plug in, help your uh, ratios, and, and even vulture a save here and there. And the other guy I want to mention is Jose Quintana. He's finally going to be activated this coming week, eventually, uh, probably toward the end of the week uh, by the Mets. He's only 14% on in CBS. He's a good number three starter to have on your roster. He's not going to be that great, but if you need a starter... He he's a guy to look at because last year he was very good. He was all-star caliber, and I think he's a guy that if you need a starting pitcher and you don't love the starters that are out there, he's a guy you can grab. So you gave uh, two pitchers for the waiver wire. I'll give you yes. two. Yeah, I'll give you two hitters. Will Benson, um, so far two ninety-one average, four homer, seven stolen bases, and just one hundred and seventeen at bats. Uh, this is a well-rounded player. Many paths to value. He'll a little bit of power, a little bit of speed. He's got the average, and he's on a good team. He'll get if he's in the lineup, he'll get runs and RBIs. Uh, I like those guys. I mean, if you want to fill out your bottom of your team in the waiver wire, I mean, look no further for a guy who does everything. Right? You're just looking for some value, a little bit of help. Right? If you need help in a specific category, you're not going to go for him. But if you just need to fill in, he will give you some value. Uh, and Joey Votto really likes this guy. Um, which brings me to my next person, Joey Votto. I mentioned him a couple weeks ago, and it was, I mean, it was not, wasn't it a joke when I mentioned him, but it was just, well, okay, Joey Votto's back. He's now up to 51% owned on CBS. And I've said this before, I'm not the, guy who, the first guy who said that Hall of Famers do Hall of Fame things, but Joey Votto is likely in his last year. And we've seen in the last couple of years, we saw Albert Pujols do it last year. We saw Buster Posey do it a couple of years ago. Um, in their last year, they tend to put, turn it on. They, they can will it. And uh, I think Joey Votto is doing this. He has seven homers in his first 57 at-bats. I don't think that's a fluke. I think that he's mustering up all that he can, and he's going out in a bang. Um, you know, if you would have... Drafted Albert Pujols last year. What the hell are you drafting Albert Pujols? But he turned it around into a legitimate fantasy season, and Votto has the potential to do that. Do you want to take your chance on some fringe guy at the bottom? Well, it looks like he had a hot week. Or do you want to take a chance on a guy who's a future Hall of Famer, in my opinion? You can do a lot worse than Joey Votto now. Uh, so I might take a chance and, on And him. we mentioned earlier about hit, hitting being contagious. Yeah, it's and a good the fact lineup. That hitting can be contagious. And it's a yeah, good exactly. lineup. Exactly. If hitting's contagious and they're all hitting, he's he's in a good spot in the lineup. They're putting him in the right spot to get to face the right guys. So he he's and he's enjoying himself and he's having fun. Last couple of years when the team's in bed, he's been struggling. He's been maybe, you know, spending a little bit too much time on TikTok. But now he's actually pushing it and he's actually trying to make that last push. He wants to make the playoffs. He wants to do everything he can to help this, what he calls a very young team, make the playoffs. 
those TikToks are really good from Joey Votto. I mean, they're just so entertaining. I didn't say they weren't good. I just said <laughs> he said he spent a lot of time on it because he was injured. So that's all. Yeah, um, I, you want to root for this guy. Um, if you're Canadian, you can't not root for Joey Votto. I mean, he's just take a look at him, and he's on a good team. And I would not play him in a. I would not play him every week. Um, and and it's a little bit for more uh, deeper formats. But uh, you know, just look, see if there's a facing a bunch of righties. You know, see what the ballpark is. Um, their own home ballpark is excellent. They're gonna play him in front of their own fans, right? So if he's home, play. He's a guy that you scoop up. You don't play every week. You play matchups, but you could do a lot worse. Uh, pitcher preview, Ruvain. Who is someone that you'd like to pick up f- in the short term for this coming week or two? Okay, I got three guys. I got first of all Carlos Carrasco. I know I'm sticking with a theme here. I went, we went, me and Ariel, we went to a Mets Brewers game, and Carrasco didn't pitch. But the last three times he has, he's gone 17 innings with to a 2.12 ERA, a 1.12 WHIP, and he's done very well. He's only 33% owned in CBS. He fixed his slider. He took. He actually watched some. Uh, he watched a video by Pablo Lopez about how he held his slider, and now Carrasco is holding it, and gripping it a little bit differently, and he's seen the fruits of his result of the labor right now. He's only thirty-three percent owned. He's right now. I think. I mean, the the pitching matchup haven't come out, but he's lined up to, to, to pitch against either the White Sox or against Boston, which is not. Those aren't too bad matchups for him. So I like him in that situation. Adrian Hauser, if he's still in the rotation, which is possible that he may get bumped because some injured players, may, injured pitchers may be coming back. Um, in his last couple of starts, he's gone He's gone a total of 12 innings. He's got 10 strikeouts. ERA of 2.25. His whip is a little bad. I mean, he's a guy we actually saw him pitch. Um, he had a problem with a little problem with walks, but he's, he's getting through five, six innings, and he can give you the opportunity for wins. He's only 6% owned in CBS, so he's someone to think about. And another guy, going back to Cincinnati, Graham Ashcraft. In his last couple, last two starts, don't, don't look at that high ERA, don't look at that whip. His last two starts, he's gone six and a third in both starts. He's got, he's got a total of ten, uh, nine strikeouts, ERA of 1.42, whip of 1.18. He's only 26% owned in CBS. He's on a good team, so whenever he pitches, there's a chance for a win. I'll give you three guys. Uh, Wade Miley, uh, he's having a very good year, very quietly. Uh, should be owned in a lot more leagues than he than he is. If he is available on the waiver wire. You want to pick up Wade Miley. All right, how about from the Boston Red Sox, Nick Pavetta. Uh, Nick Pavetta has been a starter in the past. The Red Sox are sort of out of pitchers. They've got a lot of injuries. They've got very few viable starters on their team. I think they have no choice but to throw Pavetta back into the rotation. They'll build up his innings. Next week, he could be two-start against Oakland and the Mets. That sounds intriguing. Uh, Pivetta has, you know, he's, 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 he's a guy that you can have his ups and downs with, but uh, he'll get you some strikeouts along the way. And how about Christopher Sanchez, 20% owned on CBS. So far, 2.84 ERA. Now, obviously, that's not who he is, but his Sierra, 3.5, that's not too bad. Plays in the Phillies. He'll get a couple of Ks, nothing special. I think this is a good streaming option. Uh, I think that in leagues deeper than, let's say, 12-team, you know, 14-team mixed or greater, I think he should be rostered. Not to pitch every week, but for options every week. There are very few starters available, and I think that he is decent enough to be on rosters. So Christopher Sanchez, take a look at him as well. Okay, injury update, Ruvain. Uh, what we got at the All-Star break for our hurt players? 
Well, let's start with two players who were injured during the festivities. We'll start with Luis Robert, who's now ex who started experiencing right calf pain during the home run derby. He actually sat out the All-Star game because they were getting, being extra cautious with him. He's considered day-to-day. -day. The White Sox said they're going to discuss exactly what they're going to do with him. They're going to reevaluate him over the weekend, and we'll see how things go with him. Another guy who this is more interesting is Jordan Romano. He actually left the All-Star game with low back tightness after only throwing five pitches. That's something to watch for because a back issue with a pitcher can linger. So let's see how the Blue Jays play it, and let's see if they don't give him an extra couple days rest, maybe stick him on the IL just to make sure that he gets better because they will need him for the stretch run. Daniel Hudson was actually transferred from the 15-day IL to the 60-day IL because of his knee injury, which means that he is probably not going to pitch again until mid-September. So if you are if you have a full-season league and you don't have playoffs, there's no reason to have Daniel Hudson on your roster at this point. Another guy who's out for the year is Drew Rasmussen. He's actually going to undergo the internal brace procedure for his elbow, for his forearm. This is the same procedure that Bryce Harper had done. The return for hitters a little different than pitchers. Bryce Harper's able to come back quicker. Drew Rasmussen is going to be out probably until the middle of next year, maybe even longer. And I'm going to end on a high note as I try to. Anthony Desclafani is on a rehab assignment. He's supposed to be activated this week. And also two big players for the Astros who are trying to catch the Rangers like we mentioned earlier, Jose Urquidy and Jordan Alvarez are going on rehab assignments this weekend, which means Jordan may be back next week and Jose Urquidy may be back in two weeks. All right. Well, that's a wrap for the show from the All-Star break. We did our little recap of the first half. Hopefully you got some strategy as to what worked and what could work in the future and a couple of trade ideas as well. Uh, vein before we go, why don't you just tell us uh, what's going on with you? Sure, you can follow me on Twitter at MLB Injury Guru, where I tweet out injury updates as they come. I also have a weekly article on Rotoballer, which comes out every weekend to help you with your fab for the following week to make sure you know who's going to be activated, who won't be activated. And I'm Ariel Cohen. I'm at Fangraphs Rotographs at Rotoballer on Twitter at ATCNY. And of course, right here on the Beat the Shift podcast, presented by Fangraphs. All right, well, thanks so much once again to Dr. Roto for coming on the show. Thanks, Ruvain, to you. And from all of us here at Beat the Shift, we'll see you next time. Enjoy the second half. Thanks for listening to the Beat the Shift podcast presented by Fangress. Follow us on Twitter at Beat underscore shift underscore pod.